And he looks pretty spiffy this morning. <laughs> so, Forrest is going to speak from the Word, and uh, let's just pray for him as he comes. Father, thank you for Forrest, and uh, this morning as he opens the Word to us, just pray that you would open our hearts and our ears to hear what you have for us. Uh, just bless this time now, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I walk in in a... A coat jacket and lots of, I got lots of comments. So I'm thinking, well, maybe I need to wear this more often. <laughs> Last night, uh, me and my wife went to the Kaufman Performing Arts Center and watched the screw tape letters uh, be performed. And it was, it was really, really good. But while I was there, I was just wearing a long sleeve t-shirt and jeans and I looked around and everyone else was in suit jackets looking very nice. So I felt like I kind of stood out a little bit. So I thought this morning, I'm going to look nice. <laughs> We've been uh, sharing blessings and how God has been working in our lives. And and one of the themes I hope to uh, teach today and, and speak on is recognizing where those blessings come from. So if you will, turn with me to Luke chapter 17, and we'll be looking at verses 11 through 19. You know, as I was thinking of the blessings and, and the things we're thankful for and things sometimes we overlook. And one of the things that I've been thankful for is, is the church. And, and I, I became an elder, I guess, a little over two years ago and not really knowing what I was getting into. I, I, Kyle asked me, he's like, Could you be all right if I nominate you for an elder? And I was like, yeah, I'm sure if, if that's what God wants me to do, then, you know, so it'd be written, so it'd be done, right? Well, our church was the pastor was Mike Baker was on, was leaving back to go back to Ohio and being an elder without a, a pastor, I've learned, has got some extra challenges to it. Did I ever dream that I'd be up here speaking when I said yes to being an elder? Not in my wildest dreams, because if I dreamed that I might have told Kyle, no, I don't think so. But in, in a in a in a way, though, it's been a, a big blessing to me. Because there's one thing that I've learned through my years of teaching and now through preaching is if you're going to teach or preach it, you better know it. And it's made me be in the word way more than I've ever have been before. And it's encouraged me to grow so much more um, my own personal growth from being able to serve the church. So serve the church in any way you can and you will grow in ways you never thought you would. So if you will. Turn to Luke 17, and we'll be reading verses 11 through 19. This is a story of about 10 lepers. I kind of, from talking to Emmy, I kind of wish Scott and and Bryce were here. They might have been a good uh, illustration, the way she made it sound from their bad case of, uh, of poison ivy. Verse 11. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance, lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourself to the priests. 
And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was, now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, then Jesus answered, were, were not there ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. So we start with ten men who had one of the worst diseases of their day. The physical ramifications of leprosy were were horrendous. Leprosy would oftentimes uh, leave boils and sores on the skin. Sometimes it can lead to uh, just literally the flesh on on your body rotting off. It was painful, and it was a slow death sentence for these men. But not only the physical ramifications, there was an emotional side to this as well. These, when, when you were found to be with leprosy, you were cut off from the community. You were excommunicated. You would have to leave your family, your children. You would be outside the community. You wouldn't be allowed to kiss your wife anymore or see your children. And oftentimes, these lepers would um, join together because that was the only community they would have. And they would uh, look for food and beg together and, and then... There would also be great shame as they begged. They would have to announce that they were unclean and keep their distance. And, and, and in this time period, there was a lot of shame in this as they thought it was maybe a curse from God or a punishment or a judgment from God. So you had the physical side of the ailment, but you also had the, the social and emotional side of leprosy that would ultimately and utterly destroy a person. It would be... Very difficult to, for us to imagine what these, these men were going through. Yet in this encounter, we know somehow we know these men had heard of Jesus. They called out to him and asked for mercy. And Jesus responds and simply tells them, go show yourself to the priests. And as I did a little studying, this this was there was a command in Leviticus that a priest could uh, pronounce someone that was unclean as being clean. So this was coming from the Old Testament. And at this time, the local priest didn't just uh, run the worship services, but also acted kind of as a health official as well. Uh, They they would inspect the body to see if the disease had been fully cured or removed. And they could pronounce the person as clean and they could rejoin their their family and be re um, uh, put back into the community. So so these men, from what we see is after Jesus said, go and show yourself to the priest, they they went. Now, if I was one of these 10, I think the first thing I would do is look at my skin, look at my hands, my feet and think, Jesus I am still a leper. Nothing has changed. But you know what? These men, in faith, began to walk to the priests. And on their way to the priests, we see that they were healed. All ten were healed. 
their skin began to clear up. And I can only imagine how excited and jubilant these men were. I can imagine some of their walks might have started to turn into sprints as they headed to the priest. That's what I would be doing. I would probably be very excited. I'm healed. He said, go to the priest. I'm going to run to the priest. They could maybe maybe they had family waiting for him that they could finally be reunited with. But there's one thing I noticed in order for this miracle to happen, these men had to start walking in faith. Their circumstances hadn't changed when they began to walk. I think this is an important lesson for us to learn. As we enter in a week of Thanksgiving, we need to be thankful for the blessings we have. We cannot wait until our problems are solved in order to start walking in faith. We cannot put conditions on God. We cannot say, Lord, as soon as there's enough money, I will follow your instructions. We cannot say, Lord, if you solve this one problem in my family, I'll I'll start going to church. We cannot put conditions on God. But instead, we see God put a condition on us to have faith. And God might even say, love me despite this disease you have. Or the lack of resources you have. He might say, obey me, despite your lack of talent. I often think of Moses in his response to the burning bush. He gave an excuse not to go to, te- uh, go to Texas, go to Egypt, go to Texas. I don't know. And what was his excuse? Because he couldn't speak well. As you can see, I can relate. He may say, follow me, despite your depression. He may say, say no to that temptation while it's still difficult. Praise me in the darkest of nights and in the worst of circumstances. This is the very nature of God. A God who loves you so much, he'll give you opportunities to be thankful when nothing about your circumstances will motivate you to do so. My friends, this is the very definition of faith. If you praise God only on the good days and only in the best of circumstances, Would it be faith at all? Seems like it'd be more like a business arrangement. You rub my back, I'll rub yours. And that's not what God's about. Some of you are in difficult circumstances, have very difficult things going on in your life. We heard some of those this morning. And every day there's a question that is asked. And this week it's going to be forced on you more than others. Are you willing to be thankful even in difficult circumstances? You see, these ten men are alike in many ways. They are all affected by this dreadful disease of leprosy. They were determined to do something about it. They all heard Jesus, heard the name of Jesus and thought he might be able to solve our problems. He might be able to cure us. They all appealed to Jesus, crying out, Lord, Master, Rabbi. All in obedience To God's uh, crisis command, they all began to walk to the priests and they all ten were healed. But there was one that stood out. There was one that was different. When the ten started on their way to the priest, they were completely cured and they knew it. But one of the ten turned around and walked back to Jesus. The account leaves us the impression that the ten probably hadn't walked very far. Maybe still on eyesight of Jesus. We don't know for sure. Nothing had prevented, would prevent these men from going to see the priest later. But the one returned and praised God, publicly acknowledging the one who had healed him. He fell on his face and thanked Jesus. 
and gave him worship. Now, this is an amazing, uh, this is an amazing short application point here. This week, be sure to take time and acknowledge God for his goodness. Many of you will have family, family meals and will have the opportunity to witness God's love with your, your family and loved ones. Make sure you say a prayer of thanksgiving before, before. This might be the only witness you have for your, some of your loved ones. Don't miss the opportunity to worship God this week. And be loud about it. The leopard was definitely loud about his thanksgiving. You see, thankfulness should lead to action. The healed leopard came, came back, caught himself in the midst of celebration. He returned to Jesus. He reversed his steps. He put his family on hold. He put the priest on hold. He came back to the source of his cause of celebration. He fell at the feet of Jesus and worshipped. Jesus asked a question. Where are the other nine? Jesus tells them to go see the priests. He never commanded any of them to express thankfulness to God or return to him. But yet there seems to be this expectation that that we are we are to give thanks, thanksgiving. He was surprised that only one came back. And I think the author, Luke, seemed surprised that the one that came back was the Samaritan. And we've kind of talked about the differences between Samaritans and Jews before. What kind of action is Jesus looking for from you? Has the Holy Spirit been urging you towards uh, some step of action? Had the Lord been tugging at you to take some steps in faith? Is there a family or friend or maybe even a stranger who may need a kind word or, or a helping hand this Thanksgiving season? Is there something you feel compelled to do? My best advice is to take that step of action. And I think you're going to find out you're probably going to be more thankful in the end. And have many more reasons to be thankful. As I studied this, this scripture this week and, and read some commentary on it, there are some different words being used in the original language about being healed and cleansed. And, and what I gathered from my reading and my understanding is all ten men were physically healed. Nine went on their way to the priest and found physical healing. Their leprosy was gone. And they were brought back into society. But the one that came back was not only physically healed, but he was also spiritually healed as well. The spiritual healing was when Jesus says, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Our spiritual well-being needs to recognize where blessings come from and offer a thank you and our praise. You see, this man was not only healed physically, but he was also saved. We can also infer that ingratitude is a very common sin. Many receive the blessings from God, but only a few will return to give thanks in the right manner. As I close, we are all called to be thankful, no matter how tough life can get. And life can get tough. And we all have something to be thankful for. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time of thanksgiving. 
I just pray that our hearts are full of thanksgiving, not just during this season, but every day we are willing and to give thanksgiving to you. I just pray that we recognize our, the blessings in our life and we use them to point ourselves and others to you. In your name I pray. Amen.